correct me if I'm wrong here, Paddy, are you trying to compare Ireland with England? Well, I am. <laughs> I mean, we're both playing uh, the same game. Yeah, like you're coming over trying to be cool with them in the playground. Yeah, us, us superstar teams. Yeah, we've got the we've got the same problems. Like, it's like <laughs> we do not have the same problems as England. I think it would lift the spirits of the nation. I don't give a fuck about the nation of Morocco. It's people's lives are at risk. Ollie Gunnar, where would you like the statue? <laughs> it's an absolute disgrace. I refuse to answer that question. We'll take that as a yes then. Take it whatever you want. I don't understand that politics, coronavirus. Why me? I wear a base cap and uh, have a bad shave. Hello, comrades, and you're very welcome to the football spin. This football spin on a Monday morning, Monday after a feast of footballing action over the weekend. Both England and Ireland in action, as were uh, Northern Ireland, Wales, and Scotland too. Um, but mostly today. Just being totally honest, we're going to focus on England and we're going to focus on Ireland. Um, later on, we're going to maybe look a little bit at Spain and their new superstar. And um, we have Conan Doherty here as well. And we have our guest. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about Aston Villa, their pre-season, mid-season, close-season, post-season, whatever it is. But, but, you know, whatever Villa are doing, we're going to have a little look at them. Also here is Bearded Genius, Naz Chowdhury. How you doing, Naz? Feeling good? Yeah, I'm doing great. I'm I'm slight I'm slightly annoyed I wasn't called up for soccer aid, but fuck it. Jesus, and our an Irish man, man of the match, and I didn't see it, but apparently uh, Dermot Kennedy had a starring role. For yeah, soccer apparently aid. so. Yeah, I'll tell you what's interesting about that. I mean, it's not particularly interesting at all, but um, it's it's the fact that they jazzed it up by by making by making the the crossbar and posts light up. Oh wow! What? It was very glamorous. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, it was snazzy. And 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 during the penalties, anytime somebody missed the the, the, the sort of uh, the woodwork turned well, the woodwork, the electronic sort of a uh, uh, frame of the goal turned red. So just to, just to rub it in, <laughs> it's like hockey, ice hockey. Yeah. It, was very, not... it was very Britain's Got Talent. We have a razzmatazz. That's what you want. A little bit of, a little bit of stardust. <laughs> when there's, and presumably no fans in the stands, so it's an empty stadium with all that razzmatazz. Yeah, exactly. But okay. it's good. <laughs> What's your, what position do you play, Naz? Uh, I hover. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Um, there was a lot of uh, players hovering over the weekend. I think <laughs> in all the games that I've watched. Let's start with England because we can we can get into Ireland then we can tee ourselves up. England did win their game against Iceland in Reykjavik, um, which was a fairly scrappy game. I suppose this is a theme of all the games this stage, and I and it also reflects on my own sort of like that whole what part of the season are we in? Like it's so difficult to tell which players are are face match face. What part of the season? Um, clearly, the players themselves are confused. Some players haven't played for their teams in months. Some players have played far too many games for their team. And you're definitely seeing that now, Naz, with uh, the performances of both England and Ireland over the weekend. Yeah, it's it, it's really difficult to judge because obviously, like, with with England, there's, it feels as if there's been an influx of, of, of all these new players, exciting young talents. And, uh, well, well the, these talents who maybe the last time England played were up-and-comers, but in, in the time that's uh, that, that we've had since, they've really emerged to sort of like uh, really uh, 
top standard uh, options. And it's really hard to see where they fit in or how good they are at international level just because everyone's so rusty. And and again, like especially with Ireland, uh, this new dawn and uh, this new style of playing, it's so hard to judge. It's, and, and it's really unfair to judge um, because, and again, like we don't even, in terms of the physical situation with players, you don't know if they're, if it's a hangover from them still being tired from the amount of football that they played or it's rustiness ahead of the season and they've not played enough football. So it's, it's such a, it's such a tricky situation. It's interesting, um, you know, you're talking about the new players that come in there. There's a lot of attention for Jack Grealish and the fact that he could be capped. He wasn't capped against Iceland. He could be capped against Denmark. We're going to talk about Villa a little bit later on. But um, it's, it's a, I suppose, an old stager, even though he's just 25, but Raheem Sterling. So, like, Naz, oftentimes players in the past haven't been able to take their club form into the international scene. You can think of, like, somebody like Paul Scholes, um, probably a little bit like with um, some strikers like Alan Shearer, maybe even though he did have a decent career, but maybe never quite hit the levels at international level. But Raheem Sterling has scored now 11 goals in his past 12 internationals. Um, Gareth Southgate talking about he's taken his game to another level. What is it about international football that suits Raheem Sterling? Because maybe this past six months haven't been his best form for Man City, but like he's a player that does seem to be very fit and ready to go to play international level. Um, I think to I think to a certain extent it's possibly to do with the the style of, style of player he is in terms of he's uh, he's about dynamic moments. Um, he's not he's not a midfielder who controls the game. Um, he's he 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 he's not he doesn't dictate uh, the play or, or anything. It's it's what what he does is, is he produces these moments and these bursts of acceleration and these uh, opportunities that he he obviously is taking more and more and and I think that really and again like like we'll we'll go on to talk about uh, Fatihansu uh, later for Spain but again I think the players even during this period where players are rusty and they've not really started their new seasons with the clubs I think it's those dynamic players that probably will will sort of uh, show up more and excite more. Because the other players who, and again, like like um, we had Thiago, and like everyone's after him. Um, United would love him. Liverpool are likely to get him. Uh, Munich would love to keep him. But again, like for Spain, he looked rusty as well, and and he's a great player. So I think it's I think it's those kind of players like Sterling who who uh, whose game is based around uh, those moments that do well. But I mean, the, the thing with the thing with England is is they've always had the they've always had the situation where. The big, the big trick really has been um, transferring club form to to international level because if they did that with the players they've had over the years, it would be an incredible team. I mean, like even you, you look at Italian Inter and how well England did over that tournament. But really, if you look at the individual players that they had and how they performed, they didn't bring their club um, quality to, to to the World Cup. They had Peter Beardsley. Gareth Laker obviously sort of did well. Um, John Barnes, Chris Waddle, um, obviously Gaza uh, had a good World Cup. But all, all these really talented, skillful players who are the star names at their clubs um, didn't really transfer that onto the international level. And again, with this with this England now, um, Sterling Sterling is scoring goals, but perhaps not sort of bringing that 
that city quality to England. And then you've got again a lot was uh, a lot of people were excited to see Jaden Sancho, and again he looked rusty, but he'll be another one that that can he bring that form to the England level because you've got players before him like John Barnes who were incredible. Like like there, were, there was one point in which John Barnes could arguably be described as one of the best players in the world. He was that good. And and England never really saw that, barring that amazing goal um, against Brazil. It's interesting, like looking at the looking at the English squad here, just the 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 depth of of names that they have to pick from, um, including obviously they started with Phil Foden um, in that ten role, and then Ings came on, and Greenwood came on as well. But like they didn't play Grealish and they didn't play Mountain. Um, you know, they didn't play um Phillips either, like so like they've got this incredible selection of these young guys that are coming through to add to it. Con Conan for for me looking at the England team and even at the fact that they kind of struggled to beat Iceland, okay, the, the goal came the last minute, even though they dominated the entire match. It kind of gives me a bit of uh consolation when you see a team with that many stars and they're also struggling as well over this weekend. And that's, I suppose, back to that idea that this is a kind of a weird time and it is a very strange time. We'll get into Ireland in a moment, but these internationals are very hard to judge um, based on the fact that players are like, you know, all over the shop in terms of preparation. Correct me if I'm wrong here, Paddy. Are you trying to compare Ireland with England? Well, I am. <laughs> I mean, we're both playing at the same game. You're like coming over trying to be cool with them in the playground. Yeah, us, us superstar teams. Yeah, we've got the we've got the same problems. Like, like <laughs> we do not have the same problems as England. Um, like I looked at that team and yeah, like Eric Dyer and, and Ward Price jumped straight out at me, and Ward Price jumped out at me as well because obviously I'm a, a big Grealish advocate. Um, it's just that's not particularly strong but like obviously they wouldn't start on a on an ordinary England team I think England are at a level and this is why I'm very keen to stop you making that comparison with Ireland <laughs> I think I think they're at a level where like they could go on and win the Euros like the the team they have and I don't mean to to put you under any more undue pressure than you're already under Naz but um like the the players are there they have they have players if they can work together and I think they have the sort of the sort of players and the sort of balance that can click and can work together. And I think even Phil Foden coming in is probably just to try and get Sterling back into that club form that, that Nas is talking about. Like Sterling's Sterling's going to bang in goals for England, especially when he's playing against, you know, the, the type of fullbacks that he's playing against. Like he's he's just way better than, than those players. But yeah, I, I know what Nas is talking about where he's when he's playing with City under Guardiola's system, he looks like the best player in the world sometimes when he, when he's at it. Um, and if, if England can get him doing that, maybe they think Phil Foden's the trick or somebody like that who can knit it. But yeah, just to just to make sure, Paddy, let's not compare England with Ireland. <laughs> you see, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's interesting because we talk about these star players and these players that, that are the difference makers. And and again, like comparing uh, the two teams, England seem to have loads of them, and Ireland seems to be lacking that that star player who can make the difference. And it's it's almost a pity because because they've both got different problems. The thing the thing with Southgate is he was he was applauded and he was um, a lot of people gave him a lot of kudos for making the best out of what perhaps wasn't seen as a vintage England previously. And and again, the way he did that was was playing to his strengths, knowing that um, it wasn't an amazing England team, but if they stayed organised and they had a base, 
and that was supplemented by by two or three players who were really exciting and fast and explosive explosive up front they could they could they could damage teams but now i think southgate has got a different problem and he might start getting criticism because because now it feels as if he's got so many options that if if england don't perform then people will start saying well you've got grealish and you never used him You've got Foden and you never used him. You've got this player, you've got that player. You've got Rashford, you've got Greenwood. And then suddenly suddenly it becomes like a, a different kind of pressure in terms of like you've got all the all this array of sort of uh, stars at your disposal. You are inevitably going to have to leave people out and even out of the squad. And and there's going to be massive questions asked if the choice that he makes doesn't work. And the, the flip side with Ireland is, is like sometimes... Sometimes the lack of options almost makes your life simpler, and sometimes the lack of options almost um, focuses things in, in, in an easier way. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying that. England, I'm not saying that Ireland have got it easier. But I'm saying that if if Ireland just had one player like that, like like one difference maker, then then <laughs> it, it, it could have been. It could, it could be that situation where you where where similar to where England were. If you are very organised as a team. And then you've and then you've got this focus, this talisman. Uh, even if it was a striker, even even if it was somebody like like Robbie Keane, like that 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 could work at the international level because at international level. And, and again, like this is why I think uh, the new manager deserves time and deserves praise for what he's trying to do. Because if you're not going to have that at international level, if you're not going to have that star player, then the team needs to be the star. Like like the team needs to. Um, work in a sort of a really sort of organized functional way know who they are know know how they're meant to play and and that can get results so it's a it's it's just interesting that both both Ireland and England have got like almost opposite problems well let's let's move on to Ireland because we can focus a bit more on those problems that Ireland have because England, you know, they won the game and they're going to win pretty much every game they play in the Nations League because they're they're such a good team. It's interesting, Conan, like the way that Nas kind of like outlines it there that if you don't have a star player, then the team has to be the has to be the star. And for Stephen Kenny, he is trying to bring in a system really, which is going to be the whole team is going to hinge upon, and clearly, like that system is going to take time to bed in. So based on what you saw in two games, we watched two games of football with Ireland. And as Nas has pointed out to us before the show, which kind of made me shudder a little bit, but this is these are games that are being watched, not just in Ireland, but like in England as well, because they're being shown on Sky. So there's lots of interest in Ireland at the moment, a lot of focus on the team because they have a new manager. So what do we know of having watched two games of Stephen Kenny? Because we know last night there were a few. Now, I didn't think there were that many. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, everybody calm down, everybody calm down. There is no reason, there is no reason to get panicked about Stephen Kenny. But I didn't see a huge amount of those panickers. I know there was a couple, but um, at this stage, like having watched Ireland, what's your overarching thoughts on it? Well, we know that three proper training sessions isn't enough to, you know, get us out of 34 years of a culture that has embedded in so so snugly in the country's football. Like It's good that Nas mentioned Robbie Keane there because, Robbie Keane is not even a once in a lifetime player. Like, you know, Ireland aren't going to have a Robbie Keane again. Like, you're talking Puskas, Ronaldo, Muller, and Klusa on the European stage, and there's nobody else 
above Robbie Keane. So Ireland aren't going to have that player who's going to bang 67 goals for them again. And that's depressing to, to think about, but it also just shows you how good a player he was for Ireland. And that's what makes me so annoyed then when I see, like, I know you're saying you didn't see it everywhere, some of the criticism, but, you know, I would have this habit where I'm typing in players' names into Twitter just to see what the general thought is. Well, I'm, I'm watching Adam Ida and he's, He's doing well. Like he's not getting a lot of ball, but every time he gets it, he's strong. He, his first touch is great. He sets up a couple of chances. He looks up, which is really great for a, for a young player. Like the first time I saw Martial for United going to the byline, stopping and looking up, I thought, you know what, this guy's going to be all right. Like you know, because he's not panicking, he's not deciding what he's doing beforehand. But then when you type, like say somebody like Ida into Twitter, it's just people saying this guy's not going to cut it. It's not going to be good enough. We need some. We need somebody like Robbie Keane. You have. Ian Hart, the first day out. So Adam Ida is the only person who's made his debut that first day out. And Ian Hart saying, you know, something about we don't need players making debuts. We need to win international games. And it's like, what? So will we just never, ever have a player making a debut again? So like, I get what you're saying. Maybe last night it wasn't wholesale everybody panicking. But I think generally over the last two games, there's there's a big concern for me that people are starting to panic already. And this is, this is with a, a new manager who's trying different things in the Nations League, different players. There's players who are in pre-season mode and you have to give them time to, to change the culture. He's the right man we have in. And, and look, I'd rather lose. Like Finland, they're a nice, tidy team. We'd probably have lost to them anyway. But at least now we're losing, trying something different. Like Whereas before we were losing so pointlessly, trying nothing. It's in, like Kenny himself said that, you know, they were experimental. But the problem with it, like the Nations League now... Uh, is there's no friendlies in international football anymore. So everything is, everything matters. I know before friendlies mattered, they counted towards your world ranking and that essentially counted towards your seeding, but it wasn't as clear a connection. Now in the Nations League, you win because you're in a competition where you can qualify for the next tournament or whatever it is. And so like the, the, the I suppose the, 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 the question that people were asking were, was, experimentation, new manager, new system, fair enough. But when you replace your entire midfield from one, one game to the next, where's the question is, what is the midfield for the next day? So from, from, uh, from people who, who didn't see both the Ireland games, Ireland played 4-3-3 in both games. And the first day they started, Conor Horahan, Jeff Hendrick and James McCarthy. And then the second, and obviously that, wasn't perfect and there was lots of um, criticism of, of that particular line of the pitch and then the second day Ireland started in the same line of the pitch three new players they started Robbie Brady to bring some creativity Harry Archer in the sixth pivot role and then Jason Malumbi who's a good young player coming through a Brighton player but has played the entire season with Millwall and done really well for them and is one tip for the future so the question is now like where like, what, like that's a lot of experimentation and now we have a big game against Slovakia and where do you start with the actual team? But but do you not think that we know more now, having seen six different players, rather than have we just had to watch Jeff Henrik again for another 90 minutes doing the same thing, which is usually nothing? Like, you know, I, I, again, I'd rather us try something. Like Malumbi, everybody, there's a lot of good chat about him and looks like a, a decent player at Millwall level. But like last night, he just didn't have a good night. And maybe it shows that he's just not ready at that level yet, at, at 21 years of age. So... At least now we know that. Whereas if we had played the same midfield, we'd be calling for Malumbi now, you know, for the next game. And, and like we wouldn't have known that he wouldn't have been up to that level. Imagine we tried to spring him against Slovakia. And now he, he can look at six different options and pick the best of them. And I saw you tweeting about Harry Arder last night. And I thought, 
I thought Robbie Brady had a, a very good game until he completely gassed out after what 60 minutes or something like that. But that's probably his first full game in, in God knows how long. So I think we're way better off for, for trying out different things. Just very quickly on Brady, like Brady was finished after 60 minutes and yet he wasn't the one to get the hook. It was Connolly that got the hook, who looked very lively. And and I, I was chatting to my dad at the time and he was like, oh no, McLean's coming on now for Brady. And I was like, no, nah, he won't come on for Brady because that's not, that would need to change the system essentially. He'll have to come on for Connolly if he has to come on. And he had to come on. And so therefore, because uh, Stephen Kenny has a system, then the one player he could take off was Connolly because that's his, Connolly and McLean are going for the same position. So he will not change the system or even tweak the system in that moment. It was my read on it to get, and I'm not criticizing, I'm just saying that was my read on it. There'll be another day when that, that, that happens and it works to perfection. But it was interesting that it wasn't Brady to come on off and it was Connolly in that moment. And again, when Stephen Kenny was asked about this, the system, he said, I'm not wedded to the system, but we're clearly, we, we've had like, oh, we've had 180 minutes of 4-3-3 and it didn't, it didn't, like in the last 50 minutes against Finland, you know, there's that. And you said at 34 years, Nas, this, my, oh, my gut was like, just stick Shane Duffy up front and let's go long. Like, let's just kick the ball as high and long as we can so we can get our goal. And let's finish the game 1-1. Like, get, let's get our 1-1, whatever it takes. Paddy, what, what, did you call, what did you call that woman again? Rosemary, was it? You get <laughs> Rosemary. Like, Paddy, like you, you were very fond of Rosemary, right? She was, she was comfortable. She was she was everything he knew, but but deep down, you know, you knew it wasn't right. You, you probably deserved more. But imagine now after two dates, everyone telling you to get back in the saddle, you're going to move on to this better world. You're just writing everybody off after two dates because you don't you don't feel as strongly as you did about Rosemary. Of course you don't. It's only two dates. <laughs> and if you keep doing that, you never will feel as strongly. You'll never move on because you'll always keep coming back to Rosemary, even though it's mm. not the right mm. thing for you, Patty. Give somebody mm. else a chance. Mm. Oh yes, um, I, I I also think that like I mean I I, I agree with what Conor's saying about um that uh like Slovakia is the big the big game and uh, and and if and Kenny needed needed to try things before then uh, and 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 he, and he will have learned stuff like even from these two games he, he will have learned a few things about the players and and uh, and perhaps things that we don't automatically notice as uh as viewers and even in the um. Even in the changing room, like he'll he'll have noticed like uh, which players are sort of cheating up the rest of the team, which players are sort of uh, um, letting the heads go down and stuff like that. So it's 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 re- I think it's been it would have been really useful these two games. Um, but also, I, again, I'd say if you do want the system and the team to be a certain way, um, it's it's very it's very easy to forget that that tempo plays such an important role so if if Ireland were playing the exact same system that they played for the last two games and and the players were slightly more match fit and therefore the, and a bit sharper and therefore the the passing was a bit crisper and a bit faster like that could have made a world of difference to, to how they played and, and and I think that's that's one thing to remember if, if you are if you are a passing side if that passing is just a little bit laboured and a little bit slower than than you'd like, that can make you look really ineffective and make you look as if uh, it essentially makes you look really predictable to both the opposition and, and the viewer at home. Whereas, whereas 
a little bit more match fitness, players that are actually in their rhythm can 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 make a huge difference. So so uh, again, it's it's this thing about sort of it's too it's too early to judge. I think we're also in danger of talking about the old system as if you know that was always surefire success, and now Stephen Kennedy's coming along and turning his back on someone that we know will work. It, it didn't work. Like we qualified for two of the last eight tournaments and none of the last four World Cups and the, the ninth tournament that we're trying to qualify for, we we didn't qualify for it. We've just been handed a, a playoff for, for some unknown reason because of a crack up with the Nations League. Can I ask a question um, about that? Like a lot of people are talking about the new system. And a lot of people are talking about how Kenny wants to play. Like it makes it sound as if the previous sort of system and, and the way of playing for years and years was terrible and really sort of agricultural like it was it was it that sort of route one was it that sort of basic yeah, i think so yeah it was it was more i don't know if tony pulis is the right analogy but it was more like let's make sure we don't concede and then like just hope something happens like there was nothing discernible that we were trying to do to score we just hope that somebody will produce a moment of magic or whip a ball in or like obviously worked really well when you had Robbie Keane because he ultimately would score. Um, it was just, let's not concede. And that's probably another thing. Like you've seen probably, Paddy, some of the reaction of the old timers coming out to people who you were playing with Ireland over the last 20 years. Like Kenny Cunningham was on this morning saying, we need to get our 10 best defenders out in the pitch against Slovakia. You know, like the two goals that we've conceded in the last two games, they're very, it's nothing to do with the system. It's just Shane Duffy shouldn't have left 50 metres of space in the first game. And, Shane Duffy shouldn't have been caught in his heels for, for a second game and the ball was played in behind him, you know, so like they could be very easily wetted out. But yeah, look, no, as I think it, it just it wasn't great. And that and that's probably the frustrating thing, because you're watching these games, you're you're drawn with Georgia and you're losing to average teams and you were just sitting with two banks of four, just trying to close up shop and you're thinking, are these teams that good that we can't even just try and take them on? Yeah, I think uh, I, I think I think if there's one thing that that sort of would be a cause of concern for in, the, in these first two games, it is slightly the defence and like and and Duffy in particular, and and it's and it's that question of like, are there are there defensively are those are there those players that can come in? I like uh, Dion was texting me actually after the the first game because I think Shane Duffy was a concern for everybody, and we realised that there's going to be a lot more space um, sort of in front of those defenders. And I mean, Dar O'Shea is probably the the, big, the leading one at the minute, is he, Paddy? Had a great Yeah, team. West Brom, yeah. Lennon yeah. has Blackburn. There's a couple of good young lads. Um, Collins at Stoke. There's there's a few. There's a few lads that are coming through, that, but they're all very young. And like the thing about centre-halves is, you know, they tend to get better as they get older um, to a point. And and Duffy should be at twenty eight, should be in his should be in his prime. But to be fair to Duffy, uh, Nas, I do think that he is one of those players that is like like really like unfit at the moment. He hasn't been playing for Brighton, and any player that hasn't been playing for his club in the last six months, given such a weird how weird this season has, is going to is going to be suffering in a game like you know the game against Bulgaria and the game against Finland and Duffy. You know he's played like 180 minutes in th- in three or four days. Probably not having played competitively a full 90 minutes. He probably hasn't played a full 90 minutes for like maybe six or seven months. So I think he's going to be a lot better. I'm not worried about him. The issue I think with Ireland now is they have Matt Doherty playing right back, and 
He plays wing back for Wolves. We don't know where he exactly was going to play for Spurs, probably right back. And he didn't have two very convincing games. And the question I think there will arise, will Seamus Coleman come back in? I think that probably will make Ireland better if Seamus, um, more solid. If, if, if they're going to play as expansively as they play everywhere else, they need to have a very solid back four. And I think Doherty is probably just one kind of player that likes to, you know, get forward. He's one more adventurous player too many. And if you're going to make a sacrifice, I'd say if you're going to play expansively like in other places, and we are, that's our plan, that's the strategy. I think put Coleman back in there because he's solid, he's reliable, he's a leader, he's an organiser. And yes, Doherty's a lot better going forward uh, at this stage of his career. But that would be, I think, a, a quite a, a safe thing to do. Although I'm not sure, having played Matt Doherty for 180 minutes, if Stephen Kenny will now just slap. Seamus Coleman in there against Slovakia next. I mean, yeah, I mean there's, there's also the option that that, that he could sh- that he could start with Coleman and and sort of depending how the games go in, like like to, to be a bit more attacking, like bring. And that's the way it, that's the way it's happened. That's the yeah. way we've had it, where we've had Doherty in in um in in reserve, and you can bring him on. And it's funny because Scotland have the exact same problem. <laughs> this is a very Irish Scottish problem. We've got two, like our two best players, or two of our very best players, are in the full back position. Scotland have Robertson and Tierney, and um, Steve Clark can't get both of them onto the field because he just doesn't like. He played he played Tierney right back for a lot of the recent Euros, and Robertson left back. And you would say Robertson's going to be in there, um, but obviously, like trying to get two full backs onto a field. It's just very, when they're both either left or right-footed, it's very difficult unless one of those players is Dennis Irwin. Actually, um, I wouldn't even just dismiss Coleman's attacking abilities either because I think over the last 10 years, anyway, he's been one of Ireland's most influential attacking players. And I was actually looking at that game last night thinking Coleman would be good to have in because he would impact it more going down the right-hand side because Doherty has this habit and it's probably just, again, a byproduct of playing with Wolves and playing in a really organised system, but it, he's popping the ball off to, to somebody who's usually worse on him, like Callum Odoida, and then he's underlapping, he's going straight into the middle, which isn't working against a really organised defence, and then he's just taken out of the game because of his runs, whereas, you know, Coleman likes to give and go, he's always going on the outside, he's always an option for people, he makes he makes his body position available that people can hit him, and, like, look, it's a very, very tough choice, I probably would have started with Doherty myself, but I think people have probably been too quick just to write off Seamus Coleman because he got excited about Doherty. Um, and again, look, I'm not really too upset if Doherty keeps his place, but I think Coleman still has a lot to offer. He's 31. You know, he's, he's, got, he's got like two or three good, very good years left. And he's, Ancelotti, Ancelotti has put his faith in Seamus Coleman. They could have hung on to Sidibe, who was France's reserve when they won the World Cup. They chose not to, you know, they chose not to buy him after that season-long loan. So... You know, in Carlo, we trust. You know that that's an, that's a good enough sign for me that says Seamus Coleman has a lot more to go for both Everton and Ireland. Okay, right. We we should leave international football very quickly. A quick comment on this: uh, the new super, the new superstar of Spanish football, the latest off the assembly line. Um, an incredible performance. It wasn't his debut, but an incredible performance by Fatty for Spain. Nas. Oh, class! Like like j- just class in various different ways. Um... It wasn't even just that sort of uh, he he was particularly pacey or skillful. Like everything he did, uh, were just were just brilliant. He's he he he, he attempted really uh, an expertly sort of a performed overhead kick that that was that was going in and just happened to hit a defender on the head. 
he 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 uh, won a penalty with a lovely bit of skill in the first few minutes. Um, he, he the runs he was making were devastating. the The link up the link up he was he, he was he was um having with uh with uh United sort of rumored uh, Regulon is it? He, he that that was really impressive, and really smart. Um, he always wanted the ball. Um, there was there was so much, and again his passing was really good as well. So there was. There was so much of his game that you just thought this guy's a class act, and uh, and it was just it was just it was just interesting that even in that team with all those stars, he had the charisma and the confidence to always want the ball, and uh, and essentially it got to a point where all these star names, all these uh, Barcelona, Barcelona and uh, Real Madrid players, as soon as they got the ball, the first thing they wanted to to do is give it to him because they knew he was really damaging Ukraine. Okay, we'll move on to Premier League and a quick look at Aston Villa because we've got Conan Doherty here. Conan, um, Villa have spent big money on a full back. Is that is that good? Is that good news for Aston Villa fans? Are we, are we able to get real time stats to see just a drop off now? Because <laughs> I, I am certain, like I see every Saturday where I'm just whinging about Aston Villa on my Twitter account, just my followers decrease and people <laughs> see me pop up in their timeline. Am I still following him? Like, and it's just. They just let it go, you know. I'm trying, I'm trying to weed them out and get Villa fans only because that's all I seem to care about. Um, the the Matty Cash thing, if we if we are going to do this, um, yeah, like it seems to be a, a great player. I wish I wish um Matt Sayward was here as our, our Nottingham Forest uh resident, but I'm like I'm just sort of judging it on their like sort of what Nas is saying about having a straw poll on Twitter. Like this, the Nottingham Forest fans tell me he's a class player. Um, and he was, I think he was a winger for them, sort of an attacking player. And then he moved to fullback and then became player of the year. And his stats are incredible. But yeah, he's a right back. And Villa already have two. They have Fred Gilbert, who we were all raving about last year. And they have the man who seems to be getting no respect. And he's always seven, eight out of 10 every time I see him is Ahmed El Mohamedi. Respect Elmo is what you would see me tweeting a lot, and that's probably why you would you would unfollow me as well. Um, like so, like Matty Cash, exciting player. Like you know, he's young, he's English. That seems to be what they're going for. But um, Villa need, I think, five players in the start team, five new players, and a right back wasn't one of them. So we're still where we left off, pretty much. And Jack Grealish, <laughs> inevitably, Conan. Uh, Jack Grealish looks like he's going to start the season with Villa. Oh yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, which you know, I'll tell you what though, I have, I have vested interest. It's almost like I've covered myself. Obviously, I want Jack Grealish to, to stay with Villa because he's a he's a generational player, and I cannot believe now that England continue to overlook him. Um, but I actually have stocks in Jack Grealish on Football Index from <laughs> from two thousand two thousand and eighteen when he was injured. He was out for 10, 12 weeks. And Villa were hopelessly just sort of teetering along in the championship. I got the stocks low and cheap, and then he came back and Villa won 10 games in a row, got promoted, and obviously they've increased. I think it's 352% since I since I bought them. So um, I'm just waiting for a big move now and an England cap, and then I'm going to cash out because it's not going to get much better for him. This is, this is like a really tragic version of uh, Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> <laughs> What would it be for you, Conan? The Wolf of Wall Street? <laughs> the Wolf of uh, Kelly's Bay and Scary. Almost the same ring, to be fair. The cat of Kelly's Bay. Listen, Conan, thanks very much for being on the show. Great to have you in. Thanks for having me. 
Nas, we'll talk again soon. We will be back on the football spin later in this week. England are back out in action again in the Nations League. And of course, only, what, six days left now is the start of the new Premier League season. Everybody's uh, clocks are out of whack. But uh, yeah, the Premier League is back this weekend with some big games. And we'll look ahead to those later in the week. If you haven't already done so, click subscribe to never miss a show. We'll talk soon. Good luck. I think it would lift the spirits of the nation. I don't give a fuck about the nation of Morocco, bro. People's lives are at risk. Ole Gunnar, where would you like the statue? <laughs> it's an absolute disgrace. I refuse to answer that question. We'll take that as a yes then. Take it whatever you want. I don't understand that politics, coronavirus. Why me? I wear a base cap and uh, have a bad shave.